On today's podcast, I've got special guest, Nick Adams. Nick is an entrepreneur, speaker, and author. He's got his new book, Being the Dad You Wish You Had, Five Big Stones for Effective Fatherhood. We have a great discussion. Have a listen. Side every dad, calling him to lead. Society, vices, inner demons, negative thoughts try to dampen and drown out that voice, but it never goes away. Your wife feels it. Your children feel it and your heart and soul feel it too. It's the voice that starts off as a whisper, but then becomes a calling, a calling to be the tip of the spear for your family, a calling to play all out and lead by example for your children, a calling to build a legacy that will go on for generations, a calling to be the warrior dad you were born to be. Dads, our children need us now more than ever to be that beacon of hope, courage, positivity, and strength. It's time to rise as warrior dads together as a brotherhood. If you felt that twinge in your soul, it's time for the warrior dad experience. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest Nick Adams on the show. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be with you today. Yeah, excited to uh, to dive into your book. First and foremost, let's start, right? This is a podcast all about dads and our dad journey. What's your dad dynamic look like in, in your household? How many kiddos you got? We have four children. I've got two girls who are, uh, actually, they've, they've flown the nest. So I've got two college graduates who are uh, doing life. And then I've got two boys who are, 13 and 12. And so I've kind of had a gap in between those, those two sets of, of kids, but one wife and, and two sets of children. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Awesome. So you've got a book. What was the trigger to write that book? What's the name of it? And let's, let's start diving into the book. Sure. The book is called Being the Dad You Wish You Had, Five Effective Stones of Fatherhood. And um, kind of the trigger was we were sitting around the dining room table one night and just we'd started doing conversation starters around the dining room table. And so we were asking things and answering. And, and so my son asked this question uh, from the conversation starter, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? And when he said that immediately, I knew the one thing that I would change if I could, is I would create a world with effective fathers. And that became the genesis of the book. It's like, okay, that's really what I want to do. I want to change you know, and empower men to be more effective fathers. And so uh, I started from that point working on developing the book. And what, what triggered the name and then describe the, or explain the concept of, you know, five big stones. Sure. Um, I mean, I think no matter what your fatherhood experience is, you probably have areas that you think, oh, I wish my dad had been a little more of this, you know, because none of us are perfect fathers, none of us are perfect parents. And so there's always something that you think, ah, oh, I wish they had done. I wish they'd have been a little more. And, you know, a lot of people have had terrible father experiences and uh, some folks have had marginal and some folks have had great father experiences, but all of us, I think, have areas we think, oh, I wish my dad had done this. And so that's kind of the genesis, you know, the, the title, the name is that being the dad you wish you had. And and really it kind of flows over then to being the dad you wish you were probably. But uh, the five five big 
terms of effective fatherhood comes from a story that I heard from Stephen Covey. I don't really know where it originated, but I kind of give Covey credit for it in the book. Uh, it's where I heard it. Uh, but he tells the story in relation to time management. And he tells the story about a professor who comes in and sits a bucket on his desk. And he takes another bucket out from under the desk and it's full of big stones. He takes these big stones and he puts it in the bucket and he asks his class, is the bucket full? And they're like, yeah, the bucket's full. And he pulls out another bucket of small stones and he puts the small stones in and they fall down around the big stones and he puts a whole lot more in. And he's like, is the bucket full? And they kind of figure out that he's on, you know, he's into something. He's like, well, maybe not. And so he pulls out another bucket is full of sand. He pours it in. He asks him if the bucket's full. And they're like, no. And they pull out another bucket and he pours water in. And he's like, you know, is the, is the bucket full? And they're like, well, probably. And then he applies that to time management. That if you get the big things in first, then you can put a whole lot of other things in. But if you put the small things in first, then you don't have space for the big things. And gotcha. so... It's really that same idea that if in fatherhood, if we get the big pieces in there, then we can put a whole lot of other things in. But if we don't get the big pieces in to start with, then they just won't fit in the bucket. And so, you know, the book really isn't about me telling you how to be a better dad or giving you, you know, like 100 points to if you do these 100 things, your kids are going to turn like who can remember 100 things, who can remember 20 things, you know, like. And so really, it's just like, here's five big principles that mm -hmm. if you can understand these and, and just integrate them into your life in whatever way is, a, you know, is reasonable for you or is according to your temperament and makeup, then you're going to be able to be effective. Gotcha. And I love that. Just picture. I mean, I was I was picturing the the, the big bucket, big stones coming in and, and you could fill something and it, it made total sense. For me, I hope it did for, for the dads listening. So what are those five big stones? And then we'll, we'll unpack some of those as well. Yeah. So the, the first big stone is the power of being. And, and I'll just run through them and then whatever, whichever ones you want to talk about or ask about, we can dive in a little bit more. But the first big stone is the power of being. And okay. it's just that, you know, we have a whole lot of influences as dads. And then the second big stone is to model the way in that we have to, and, and one of the things we talk about in that section is there's about four different chapters in there, but one of them is on values and, and trying to help us understand what do we want to have as our values? What do we want to pass down to our children's values? The third big stone is to be lovable, which uh, I, I get a lot of kind of interesting feedback about that when people are like, what, what do you mean by that? But uh, I think it's so important to, to realize that our goal as fathers is to create relationship and for that relationship to be long lifelong lasting mm -hmm. you know and and to do that you got to be lovable and so that's kind of big stone number three big stone number four is to create the foundation for self-worth in your okay. children and then big stone number five is to create an atmosphere of unconditional love and support and so you know in each of those we look at most of them have anywhere from three to four or five chapters in each section. And we mm -hmm. talk about the things that are going to help you be able to, to fulfill each of those five big stones. And then at the end of each chapter, there's like a little reflection time. Because, again, my goal isn't to tell you how to be a dad. My goal is to help you decide who you want to be as a dad. And, and part of that's giving you tools just to unpack, you know, the things in the chapter and to reflect on it and decide how, how does this 
what does this look like if I live it out? So that's kind of the layout of the book. I, I love that question. Who do you want to be as a dad? Yeah. Here, here, I'll throw a question your way. Do you think a lot of dads ask themselves that question? That is, you know, I think they do. I think a lot of dads really, I'm not sure they ever come to an answer, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think they ask the question. I think there's that, I, I loved your intro. You know, I think there's that gnawing thing of, I yep. want to step up. I want to do better. I want to be better. You know, I, I talked to a lot of men who are really struggling as fathers and struggling in life. And, and yet you hear a common theme and that is, I want to, I really want to be a better father. I want to be a more impactful father. And, and a lot of times I hear, I want to be a more effective father than what I had, you know, mm -hmm. which plays back into the title of the book. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I just think it's an interesting question where a lot of dads might have an idea, but I don't necessarily know if they ask themselves that question and like go through an exercise of like writing yeah. down who, who do I want to be as a dad? I, I would say that's probably pretty rare that, that dads yes, are Yes, I don't are think very that. many people, yeah, no, I don't think very many people do that at all. I think there's just that, that question inside, that gnawing mm -hmm. kind of question of how do I do better? But I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of actual reflection. And that's part of what I'm trying to help people do, is to slow mm -hmm. down, reflect a little, ask themselves some questions, and come up with some answers. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads into the the first one I want to dive into model the way and values and, and kind of virtues, right? If, if dads typically want to be the best dad, but they're not defining who they want to be. Here's another area where if you're not embodying how you want your sons or daughters to grow up, I mean, they're going to, they're going to learn more from watching you than what, what you tell them. So unpack that, that, uh, that big stone of modeling the way and, and values and virtues. Yeah. I mean, I think, you just, you, you hit it. If we don't figure out who we want to be, and if we're not intentionally living in a particular way, then they are going to pick things up. You know, my father, I had a very uh, rough uh, connection with my dad. He, he wouldn't have been your ideal father. Uh, and yet one of the things I talk about in the book is how much I learned from him, uh, okay. both good things and bad things, you know, and, and how many, pieces of who he was and what his values were still resonate with me. And, and, and he wasn't intentional at all. And so what I'm trying to do with, with the book and with fathers at this point is to say, Hey, what do you really want this to look like? You know, you've got to be proactively thinking. And, and so, you know, we talk, I talk about in, in the, in the book that there's a whole lot of values. And, and <laughs> when you say values, they're all valuable. You know, like I've got a list in there of probably 40, 50, 60 values. Okay. Well, there's no way you can live all of those intentionally, purposefully. And so what I encourage people to do is that, you know, in the reflection section is to go through that list and narrow it down. I kind of give you a way to narrow it down and, and to come up with four to seven that are your top values. And I encourage dads to talk to their partners and say, you know, hey, here's what I think, you know, here's the values that I have that are really important to me. What's really important to you? Let's, as a family, pick, you know, four to seven of them that we're going to really intentionally live out. And then what does that look like? And so, um, you know, because if you, if you don't know what you're aiming for, you're not ever going to know if you hit the mark. 
and and especially with things like values and virtues and it's just it is it's kind of nebulous you you know what you mean when you say it but you're not really sure what the goal is you know and so to be able to to hone in on specific targets of this is what is important to me you know like one of my values is kind of tenacity to just <laughs> you just don't quit and you know i i do uh, endurance sports and you know all kinds of crazy things but my i want that to be a part of my life not just a part of my hobbies i want my right. life to say and no matter how tough it gets you just get up and keep going and and so that's one of the values that we're trying to pass down to our kids and i i tell the kids stories about their grandparents and and how tenacious they were and how they just wouldn't stop and and that that's you know this is who you are this this is what you come from and so this is what we want to continue to do and we don't stop we don't you know, anyway so you've got to be intentional about what are those values and then be working on passing them down yeah i love that and i think you added another component that i picked out there is not only the values of the virtues and i'll just one of my top ones is energy and zest i play with a lot of energy a lot of zest and i bring it every single day but you got to awesome. have targets underneath that value of virtue that are actually measurable and you can hit like i exercise every single day right that what does that add yeah. to that adds to my energy and zest i eat right adds to my energy and zest. like we've got to you know the values and virtues then you got to have targets you can actually hit because you know the values and virtues are an ideal right that we're kind of chasing right. after versus hey having something that this is concrete this is what i'm going to execute on and and move forward but i i think it's so important to again ask yourself as a dad these questions of hey how do i want to lead and guide my kids to embody those and they could be different from how you were raised or the challenges you went through and you want to make that adjustment and make it a priority in your the, the next generation of the family tree right so 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 Absolutely. important yeah i yeah. love that piece what about so you mentioned you get a lot of comments about be lovable what <laughs> what does that mean and and how did that chapter kind of come about and unpack that one for me yeah i mean i think culturally at least it maybe it's changing a little bit you know i'm getting old so let's yeah, who knows but but culturally historically uh dad's kind of been the disciplinarian the uh the backstop if you will you know he, he's the guy that if everything's not going right i'm gonna talk you're gonna talk to your dad when he gets home you know it's it's that sentence and and so it tends to be that that dad's the guy who either because he wants to or because he's asked to, he plays more of an authoritarian role, more of a disciplinarian role, more of the, the buck stops here kind of guy. And sometimes we, I think we take that into ourselves and we see ourselves that way. And, and so we come across a little more authoritarian. We come across a little bit harder than mom, you know, and, and I don't, Think we should be like mom and i don't think mom should be like us we both have our roles to play in the family however <laughs> if all you're ever doing is kind of being the disciplinarian the hard guy the person who says no the person who's always you know the the backstop for whatever's going on then it's easy for kids to 
to disconnect a little bit. And so we have to really work. And, you know, let's face it, stereotypically, I understand this is, I'm getting ready to make a stereotypical statement, but, you know, guys typically aren't as touchy-feely. They're not as in tune with their emotions. They're not as relational. They're, you know, there's all those things that we, we don't typically do as well as women. And, and so we have to work on it. It's again, part of that it's cultural and we're trying to, to change some of that, I think in our culture, but yep. at the same time, we just got to acknowledge as dad, you know, it's really important to me that my kids feel emotionally connected to me. Mm-hmm. And so for them to feel emotionally connected to me, guess what? I'm going to have to be emotional. You know, what I mean, for, We're going to have to connect on an emotional level. And, and so when I'm talking about, you know, being lovable, it all goes into that is that, you know, I'm just trying to be a person who somebody would want to be with, you know, do my kids want to be with me? Do they enjoy my company? Do we have fun together? Am I playful? Am I, or am I so tired at the end of the day, I just come home and collapse on the couch, you know, or, or am I somebody who really engages with my kids and, and we have fun and we have jokes and we have inside jokes and you just create that atmosphere of, of, of relationship and of being lovable. And so I'm always looking for those opportunities as dad to connect with my kids. And, you know, one of the ways that I think I've been able to do it through the years is, is by having routines or rituals that we just do consistently. And, and it creates memories and it creates relationship. And for years, when my girls were in elementary school, uh, one day a week, I would take them to uh, a local donut shop. And so first thing in the morning before we went to school, I'd take them to the donut shop and we'd get donuts and we'd, you know, drink milk and, and just hang out. And, and they had a big glass window and you could look through and watch the donuts being made. It's just, it's kind of magical. And so, you know, we did that for years, every week, you know, of their elementary school years. And, you know, we got to know the employees and we got to know regular customers and, and it's, it's still so today's Valentine's day. And I, I took the, the girls, we were going to go out for breakfast this morning. And so I'm like, where do you want to go? And they're like, well, we could go to the donut shop. <laughs> you know? And and so they're like 24 and 22. And that's still a viable option is that because there's, there's memories there and, and that makes you lovable because you've got shared memories and shared experiences. Yeah. And no, I, I couldn't agree with you more about, Hey, yes, we're, can be stern. We can be the disciplinarian from you know, the, the the dad side of things, but cracking that hard shell and letting your kids in. And I've got two boys, 15 and 13, and I don't know how it started, but they come and find my wife or myself if we're in the house before they leave, even just to go out and play with their buddies and give us a hug, tell us we love them. I give them a kiss on the you know, back of the head and, and give them a bear hug a little bit. And yep. you know, that's just something that as dads, we need to do more of that because Absolutely. it will connect you at a deeper way with your children. And I've seen it, you know, in my boys as they progress to be 15 and 13, a lot of people, you hear the common theme, oh, just wait till they're teenagers. Yeah. Right. But it's, it doesn't have to be that way. If you pour into them and you have a deep bond and that's, that's happened. I've seen it happen to my boys and, you know, doing things that they enjoy. I would also add on to that is so, so important, right? Like my, 
one Absolutely. song. We went to the Y. We went to the gym at 515 this morning. We He was doing legs. I was doing legs. We worked out together. It was a great 45 minutes together to, to bond. But I love the other aspect of routines, rituals, and traditions. I mean, we, we always remember those type of things, right? So what right. can you do to create, right. like going out for donuts with, with your girls? It's It's the time that matters right it's the experiences that matter that's gonna stick with them and here i mean what what a great story at 22 and 24 that hey we can go to the donut shop today they still remember it i mean that's what we want as dads in the future right when they're 20 30 40 they still want to spend time with us they still come home from time to time or you know do do things together that's uh that's really powerful i i love that piece atmosphere Unconditional love. I think that's so, so important. We can't give enough of that right. to our, our children. Unpack that that one for me, because that was the other one that, that really stood out as just a just an important factor as a dad to be there and encourage and you know tell our kids that we're proud of them we, we can't tell them enough right because they're no. going to be faced so so unpack that for me will you nick yeah I, I mean one of the the chapter headings there is is dads call you to be your best and and i think part of unconditional love is that you really do try to energize your kids to be the best they can be and not to be the what i want them to be that isn't the point at all I, that, like I try to be really clear with my kids. It doesn't matter what I want you to be. You know, God's created you to be somebody, you know, go be that person and, and be the best version of you. And, and I try really hard to not put my expectations for what that looks like on them. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time to call them to their best to say, you know, I see this in you and, and I, I want to see more of it and, and to encourage that and to be, you know, we we went through a thing, uh, I think, in most of the Western world where we we realized how important self-esteem was. And so we started trying to to give everybody awards, you know, and mm -hmm. thinking that was going to boost their self-esteem. And and man, did that ever backfire? And it's just like, mm -hmm. wow, what? You know, and so I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about fake stuff. I'm talking about really paying the price to look at your kids, to know who they are, to know what their strengths are to encourage them in their strengths to, you know, to, to every time you see them go, wow, that, that's a really, that's strong. And that's, that's something you are really good at. So they're able to identify it for themselves and then they're able to step out and do that. And then of course, and you've already said it with that is just that sense of I'm always here and I'm always going to love you. You know, right now, you know, I'm taking the boys to school about half of the, the mornings and, and, Every morning, I make sure that they hear me say, I love you. I will always love you. And then I usually ask the question, what could you ever do that I won't love you? And, you know, they're to the point is like nothing, you know, right, <laughs> and I'm like, right. that's right. There's nothing you'll ever do that I won't love you. And my my younger son, he's, he's we have adopted him okay. and he has some special needs. And he's moved from elementary school to middle school this year. And it has been an absolute train wreck. I mean, just an absolute train wreck. And 
I released this book, Being the Dad You Wish You Had, uh, this past fall. And this past fall, I was called to the principal's office because of my son more than I've ever been in the principal's principal's office in my entire life. I mean, just, okay. it's just constant. And so it's like, oh, that's, that's great. Like, just help me realize that I have no idea what I'm doing here. But, you know, every time I pick him up at the principal's office and, and I've picked him up numerous times at this point in the school year. And every time I pick him up, you know, we go through what he did do wrong and, you know, why it, that isn't okay. And, you know, just all the stuff you got to do of teaching and coaching and trying to help him get a handle on what's going on in his life. And then when we get in the car, I, I always real, one of the first things I say after we get in the car is, Hey buddy, do I love you? He's like, yeah. I'm like, am I happy about the choices you made today? No, absolutely. But I will always love you. If I might disagree with your choices, there may be days I don't like you. That's okay. But I'll always love you. And I'll always be for you. And no matter what choices you make, good or bad, whether you are in trouble at school or not in trouble at school, dad will always love you. And, and just to reinforce that, that it's not about you're doing it all right. It's not about you making me proud and I'm going to love you. I mean, if you are an absolute disaster and embarrass me to death, I still love you to pieces and I will always love you. And so that's the message that man, my kids hear constantly, you know, just that, that support. And then I think they get to see me live it out because, you know, I go and pick them up at the principal's office. And that's the thing I want to make sure they get is, yeah, I'm really disappointed. I'm, I mean, I'm really, I might even be really angry because some of this behavior is outlandish, but I love you. That doesn't change how I feel about you. No, I love that. And I, we can't say it enough to our kids and we can't right. confirm it enough to, to our kids. And I, I go back to just when my kids were younger and I was the disciplinarian sometimes getting on them and really discipline in them and they had to go to their room and I would go up and feel a little bit of remorse because I really got on them. I'd explain yeah. why, but then I'd always say, okay, it doesn't mean I, you know, I don't love you. I love you more than anything in this world. I just always want you. And, and it would end in a hug and a, and a bonding moment. So, you know, I, I, I don't believe our kids could hear, I love you. I'm so grateful for you enough in the, no. you just can't, you just can't say it enough. So dad's yeah. listening to and the podcast. Just know you can't say it enough. No, absolutely. You, you could never over say it. I mean, they get to the point, they kind of act like, Oh yeah, whatever. But, but no, you, you can't ever over say that you can ever, ever overstate it. And then to realize, you know, the world they live in, the pressure they're under, the you know all the stuff that's going on inside as they grow up and try to figure out who they are, and they need to know there's a safe place, and they need to know that that you're proud of them and what things in their life specifically you're proud of. You know, like I, I try to, I said earlier, just to be really specific about here's the things I see in your life. Here are the things that you do so well at, and and make sure that they have those those points that they can go back to and go, you know, somebody who's really important in my life told me that I'm good at this and, and I'm just going to believe it. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough for them to see it. Right. So the more Absolutely. we can reinforce, I always like to say it's tough to read the label when you're inside the bottle. Yeah. Dads, you can read the label and you can say, Hey, what, here's what I've seen, reinforce it. And it's a great, great aspect from, from that being, being a dad and, and 
delivering that powerful message. So Nick, love the discussion. Where can people find the book? Where can they find you? They can find the book on Amazon. Uh, just search Being the Dad You Wish You Had, and uh, you can get it as a digital copy or paperback. Uh, probably a couple of months, it'll be available as an audio book as well. Uh, and then they can find me at bean-dad.com or email is just info at bean-dad.com. Awesome. Nick, thanks so much for being on the show. Jeff, it's great to be with you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be uncommon. Love lead legacy. Create a legendary day. And I'll talk to you soon. Dad, the voice you hear, the whisper you just can't shake, the one calling you to unleash the warrior dad from within. It will never go away. It will always be there. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. It's waiting for you to get into the fight. It's waiting for you to chase your potential. It's waiting for you to lead. Lead yourself, your children, and your family. Your children are waiting, watching, and hoping, hoping you act, hoping you show them the way. Your legacy is on the line. The time is now, the time to rise as the warrior dad you were born to be. Dare to be uncommon, love lead legacy, create a legendary day.